The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Church Online. I know that we have been walking through the book of Philippians for quite a while, but we have literally almost made it to the end. As Paul wraps up this letter, a letter that's very personal, a letter that has one purpose, he wants the church in Philippi to know that they can have joy in Christ Jesus. That's, that's what he wants them to know. And so for the last few weeks, we've been going very, very slow. We've been taking really just a verse at a time, maybe two at the most, to look at his final instructions. And, and they began three weeks ago now with this idea of we need to rejoice in the Lord always. That's where our joy needs to come from, in the Lord, in all circumstances. And then we saw that our gentleness needs to be evident to everyone, our compassion, our kindness, our mercy, our patience. People need to be able to see that, feel that, experience that, and that needs to be known. If you were with us last week, it's not like it got any easier. He said, be anxious about nothing. Do not allow any care that you have to trouble you, but instead, instead, when those cares start to trouble you, cast them to the Lord. Pray about them so that God can carry those cares because he cares about you. So, I mean, that, that's a run of three things. And then our verse for today, we're just one verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Our verse today, it, it starts with the word, finally. It's like Paul is wrapping up this section of incredibly difficult commands. But he, he says this, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, then think about such things. Now, I've read this verse many times. I've heard this verse preached many times. And what a lot of people who teach this will do is they'll go through and they'll break down each one of those words, each one of those phrases, look at the original Greek and and try to expound on the idea. And while I think there's merit to that, what I am wanting to try to propose today is this. What Paul's saying in his final wrap-up statement to a section of very difficult commands is he's saying, hey, what I want you to fill your mind with, what I want you to think about more often than anything else is God. I want you to think about God and I want him to fill your mind and I want his voice to be the one that echoes in your ears. When you think, I want you to think of him or things that make you think of him. Things that are true and noble. Things that are right and pure. Things that are lovely and admirable. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Have you not experienced the moment where you see something or think about someone and it draws your affection, not just to that person or that thing, but to God, because you're going, I, that makes me think about the goodness of the Lord. And I think that's what Paul's saying. What do we think about? What are we processing through? 
When we fill our minds with things that make us aware of God, I think we're fulfilling what Paul is calling us to here today. He's prescribing something that within Christian terms is referred to as meditation. We need to meditate on the Lord. If you read the whole Bible, and I would encourage you to do that, but if you read the whole Bible, you will see multiple times in there the men and women who walked with the Lord saying, I want to meditate on you, God, or I want to meditate on your law, which is just his word. I want to meditate on you because that's what I want to fill my mind with. That's what I want to think about. And in this current climate, church, where our minds are being bombarded with thoughts that are not necessarily overjoyed, I want us to hear the words of Paul, to think about the types of things that will draw us to the Lord. That is meditation. Now, even though that's a spiritual discipline, even though it's something that we see all throughout scripture, when you hear that word meditation, there is a misconception. And the misconception comes from the Eastern philosophy of meditation. The Eastern philosophy of meditation is that meditation is an attempt to empty your mind, to make it nothing, okay? To, to be as completely void of all thought as you can be That's not what Christian meditation is. Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind with very specific things, things that are true, noble, things that are right and praiseworthy, things that are admirable, things that draw us to God. Eastern meditation, empty everything. Christian meditation, fill our minds with thoughts that bring us to the Lord. Christian meditation gives us the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. That's the goal. So now just looking at the Bible, just a bunch of verses here in a row, bam, 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 rapid fire, right? Bunch of verses looking at the Bible that speak about meditation. First Psalm 119, 97, then 101 through 103. Oh, how I love your law, your word. I meditate on it all day long. I think about it all day long. It's what fills my mind. I have kept my feet from evil paths so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws for you yourself have taught me. So I read your word, but you also speak to me. You have taught me yourself, Lord, your ways, your truths. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, I don't expect anyone watching today to necessarily be able to speak these words, but what beautiful words to be able to speak. When I think about you, when I think about your word, when I think about what you've taught me, it's sweeter than honey. It puts a beautiful taste in my mouth to know you, to hear you, to be aware of you and to fill my mind with you. Psalm 119, verse 148. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night. A watch was three hours long. So for three hours at a time, I'm awake because I want to meditate on your promises. God, you have given us so many truths and so many promises on which we can anchor our lives. And you know, there's some nights where we lie awake restless 
because of the worry and the anxiety. What if, what if church that was replaced by hours of the night where we just couldn't sleep because we were thinking of how good God is. Our minds were just being filled and you're going, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't resonate. That I'm not there. It's okay. It's okay. We'll talk about the nuts and bolts here in a minute of how to get there. And I'm not anywhere close, but that's what Paul is saying in verse eight of Philippians chapter four. Let's keep going. Psalm 63, verse six, he says, on my bed, this is David, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Very similar statement. I don't sleep all night because I, I wake up excited to think about you, God. Excited to think about your word. Psalm one, verses one through three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners or stand in the way of the sinners or take a seat in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither whatever they do prospers the person who meditates the person who chooses to fill their mind with the word of God, to hear it and obey, to fill them, their mind with the things of God, or at least things that remind them or draw them to God, that person prospers in this life. They're planted in a place where they can flourish and grow. And where are they planted? They're planted in the Lord. That's where their mind is. That's where they go for comfort. That's where their peace comes from. That's where their hope is. This is not an impossibly hard concept to understand. It's maybe difficult to do, but it's not a hard concept to understand. To be planted in the Lord. To see the fruit that comes from that and the prosperity. If you look at the meta-narrative of Scripture, like literally Genesis through Revelation, the idea that God wants to be with his people, it's all throughout the Scriptures. In Genesis, when God created man and woman, he walked with them, he spoke with them, they engaged with him. There was community, there was relationship. Sin severed that relationship. But still God in the Old Testament, he spoke face to face with people like Moses. Now, when Moses came down from the mountain, having spoken with God face to face, he was shining in such a way that the people said, I don't know if we wanna do that. And if you're like me, you, you hear that story and you go, God spoke to someone face to face and now you're afraid to do so. But how often, how often do you and I ignore the Lord or tune out that voice? Because there's just a little too much over there that's unknown. There's just a little too much to God that we don't have under control. And even though they saw a person come down a mountain, having just met face to face with God, they said, I don't think we want that. No, and then so the, the people of God, they said, we want judges. We want priests. We want a king. We want, we want intermediaries. We want someone to go before us who will speak directly to God. We, we're not ready to speak directly to God. And God, I'm sure with a crushed heart said, okay, okay. I'll give you your judges. I'll give you your priests. I'll give you your kings. I'll give you these people that will come to me on your behalf. 
but I want you to know I have a plan. I have a plan to restore what was once in the garden. And that plan is the sending of my son to this earth. And with the sending of his son and the subsequent death and resurrection of his son, then we as followers of Jesus receive this blessed gift, the Holy Spirit, which allows us to once again commune with God, to know our heavenly father, to speak with the one who sits at his right hand in power and glory right now, Jesus Christ, to know him, the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, and Paul says simply, I want you to fill your minds. I want you to think about them, about God the Father, about God the Son. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that allows you to engage in this life with God, with the one who loves you and knows you. Because there's a purpose. There's a purpose here. Paul wants us to have a familiar relationship a friendship, if you will, with God. We do not make him our buddy, okay? God is not our buddy because he's far too big to be our buddy. He's God. But there needs to be a familiar relationship, an acknowledgement and a knowing of one another that he knows us and we know him. And that's what meditation opens up to us. And there's no shortcut to this. There's no way to get to this point without doing the work, but that's the purpose that we are so familiar with God that we think of him in all circumstances. We think of him or things that make us think of him. So we fill our minds with. So where do you begin? Okay, if this is a journey to figure out how to meditate, if this is a journey to start to talk like David and Paul, people from scripture who understood this, if it's a journey, where do you begin? Well, you begin honestly, where we begin any journey with God, and that's by asking for grace. Unmerited favor. God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. You don't owe me a thing. But I would love, I would love to be able to hear you. I would love to be able to speak with you. I would love to be able to learn from you and your words. So you start by saying, God, I don't deserve this, but I, I want this. Would you be so gracious and kind as to allow me to have this relationship with you? Then having received that gift of grace, it bolsters your confidence for further victories, for further understanding that God does care about you and he loves you. Albert the Great, he, he said this, he said, contemplation of the saints, the knowledge of the saints, the beauty of what they had is fueled by the love of the one upon whom they contemplate. And that is God. He's saying that what is pure and true and right and good and praiseworthy, all these things come from God because there are men and women throughout the centuries whose greatest desire was to contemplate on nothing else but him to think of nothing else but him. Now, is that some kind of a law or rule that we can't ever think about anything else? No, but what do you want to fill your mind with? We ultimately learn how to meditate by meditating, by trying it. We need to set aside a, a certain part or time of each day for this purpose, for this process to learn about who God is. We need to fight against the misbelief that if we do this for one or two days in a row, we have figured it out. We have mastered meditation. 
that we are ready to go on to higher and bigger things for there is no higher or bigger thing than to know God and to obey his word. That is the goal. We may never attain it, but don't get caught up in thinking that one or two times of sitting and and thinking of the Lord is mastery of this very, very difficult topic. If we live our lives in a way that is honoring to God and filling our minds with him, we will dedicate a portion of our life to meditation. But if you're constantly engaged, constantly engaged in a frantic life, unable to be attentive or give direct attention to God, then you will be completely unable to master this idea of meditation. And I think, church, I think we're really good at frantic lives. I think we're really good at filling up our mind space with the things of our day, with our worries and our cares. That that goes back to verses 6 and 7 of Philippians 4. If we have these cares that trouble us, we need to get rid of them. Why? So that we can think about We can press into things that are of the Lord. We have frantic lives. I think we live at an unmatched pace and an unmatched time. And so this is a very difficult message for anyone to apply. For that reason, our minds are already full. They are completely full with stuff that does not necessarily push us to the Lord. It does not necessarily allow us the the ability to hear from the Lord. We are full of stuff and a mind that's harassed and fragmented by external affairs is hardly prepared for meditation. So what do you do? Find a quiet place, free from disruption. That in itself may be very hard. Find a quiet place, free from disruption. If it can be the same place every day, that's all the better. For me, it's walking, okay? That's, I, I get up, uh, walk before the sun rises. It's quiet, it's my place, it's my time. It's basically free from disruption. That's my place, my time. Psalm 19, verse 1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. For me, being outside helps with this process. Nature helps with this. A sunrise. I can't see a sunrise and not be drawn to the Lord. So that that helps for me. It may not be the same for you, but your place may need to involve the outdoors. Find a posture that relaxes you. Nothing flippant, like laying in your bed's probably not the place where you're going to meditate the best, okay? I know all these other psalmists, they said, in my bed, I think about you, but I, I know for me, once my head hits the pillow, I'm gone, I'm out. So find a posture that relaxes you, but it's not flippant. Close your eyes and think about the glory of God, the face of Jesus. 
You can meditate on scripture. So a lot of times my mind will run. So I'm listening to scripture as I walk. That's what I'm, I'm doing. And I'll pause it oftentimes because there'll be a phrase or a verse or maybe even a chapter, but oftentimes it's very small that will just stand out to me. And I'll, I'll just stop and I'll say, God, help, help me. Help me learn from this. Help me understand these words that are yours. And so I'll stop and I'll think and I'll contemplate. You can do that. There, there's a old, old Midianite uh, past, passage phrase, but it's called centering down where, where you take your palms at the beginning of the day and you place them face down on your legs and you say, God, I'm giving you my stress, my fear, my worry, my anxiety. I'm giving that to you. At the beginning of the day, I'm giving it to you so that I might be filled with your hope, with your peace, with your joy, with your spirit and to center down with the Lord before you ever step foot out of bed. That's a tactic. That's a discipline that I've used on and off for many years. And it's amazing when the first thing that I grab in the morning is not my phone or shower, but it's taking 10 seconds to center down it's, it's powerful and it's good. Give yourself grace. Don't expect perfection, but try. Try this week to meditate, to think about things that are pure and good and noble and right and lovely and admirable, praiseworthy. Try this week to hear the words of Paul. He says that if you want to fill your mind with the things of God, then fill your mind with things that make you think of God. I've already mentioned a sunrise, the moon or the stars. I dare you to drive to Colorado and see the mountains and the beauty of that and not understand how small you are in comparison to our creator. Look at a small child and the innocence. Look at the peacefulness of the person next to you and ask yourself, why? What do they have that I don't? Think of the miraculous, the times where you've seen the power of God unleashed in your life. Think of things, brothers and sisters, that are true, that are noble, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely, that are admirable. And if anything, anything you can think about is excellent or praiseworthy, then think about such things. Meditate upon such things. Commune with a God who loves you and knows you and desires for you to have a peace and a joy that comes only from him. This will come over time for those who choose today to try and do it. Who choose today to fill their minds with good things that pull them towards God.
And if you choose, if you choose today to do this, you will reap the joy that comes with doing so, that comes with thinking about such things, that comes with thinking about God. Father, help us to meditate on you and your word. Help us to grow in our knowledge of you and our understanding. Through your Holy Spirit, may we engage in community with you, communion with you. We need you, Lord, to fill our minds so that we might be at peace with this world that we might have.